Welcome to the Road to Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Sherelle Dorsey, tech founder, author, speaker, and networking connoisseur. After several successful businesses and what many would consider a life well-lived, I found myself struggling after earning all of my gold stars to answer the simple question of what's next. Once you've done everything you said you would do and then some, do you create just another goal? Do you hang it up? Do you pivot and show up in a new space? Do you do something you're passionate about and damn proud of? Or do you once and for all decide to put that kind of energy into your personal life and put the work aside? I don't know yet, but I have tons of friends and colleagues and people I admire that have tracked this same journey who will be joining us this season to bear it all. How they answer the question that left them puzzled after earning the highest of highs. Join me in tuning in to hear from those who learn to navigate their own road to reinvention. So I want to talk about how today, after a few years in business as an entrepreneur, also having worked for some top tech companies, how I'm starting to show up and organize in business and realizing that the way in which sometimes you start when you're first starting out and hustling and trying to build things from the ground up is not what will sustain you as you grow, as you scale, and as you get better, not just as a founder or even a manager, but truly as a leader. And so today I'm all about doing less and taking things, more things off of my plate at this point in my journey. The goal, especially when you realize you cannot do everything alone, is to start working smarter and not harder. It means asking for help. It means letting yourself stay within your zone of genius, which Felicia Hatcher was on an episode who spoke so eloquently about that zone of genius. And I stopped worrying about the minutia. So where this matters gravely is in spaces within your business or within your place of employment around operations. This matters gravely for a business. Operations and having them be seamless really allows you to deliver on your promises and services to your customers and clients effectively. Having smooth operations really denotes the DNA of your business or your brand. It means ensuring the infrastructure and having a process in which you're moving and going about your business on a day-to-day basis. And so I had to build myself into this sort of type A personality because clutter, digital clutter, even just general clutter within my home, it freaks me out and knocks me off my center. It doesn't allow me to create from the best place, the best version of myself. And so what I know and realize is that I cannot think, I fundamentally cannot think when things are in disarray. So organization truly matters. And sometimes it starts on a base level, making my bed, having a morning routine, having an evening routine, having a weekly all hands or stand up meeting every single week with my team, having an end of week report of just a quick bullet point checklist that my team members send me to let me know what they've accomplished, what they need help on and what to look forward to the following week. In business, we know that things can move very quickly. So it's really, it was really important early on. I was running a media company and um, doing some consulting businesses and a bit of coaching as well on the side and speaking engagements and campaigns with Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies. And all of those activities, as much as it may seem, oh, that's a lot, 
every single thing had a process and a system which required back-end systems to help seamlessness take place. I'm going to tell you essentially how I do that because there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, especially in business and how you run your business. But it's also thinking about this idea of customer service, no matter what kind of business you are in, is going to be key. And before I entered full-time entrepreneurship, I learned customer service, not out of a textbook. I didn't learn it from, you know, listening to some, you know, <laughs> some guys uh, talk about it on a podcast, but truly the experience of working in retail. I worked at companies like The Gap and Starbucks. I grew up working in my aunt's hair salon and seeing how she dealt with clientele and delivered on the promise that her brand offered. Um, I even taught tap at a local dance studio in my neighborhood and watched how my mentor and, you know, surrogate aunt, um, Shar Younger, really put together calendars, packets, informed parents of payments and costumes and gave people the process in which her business operated to ensure that the studio ran effectively and efficiently and students returned year after year. I'd even venture to say that some of those retail experiences were probably even much more significant to my grounding and understanding how to run a business, how to deal with people particularly, and really gave me a sense of what does the sales process and the customer journey look like from end to end. I also even worked at Aveda and that in and of itself was a sales training and how do people think about what they want and how do you help them articulate what they want so that you can prescribe them solutions for their challenges? So again, the operations of your business is also the identity in which your customer and your client experiences your brand. How many times have we read about these internet hairstylists who have these impossible booking forms, um, a ton of harsh language within their contracts, impossible standards to live up to, and just the missing nature of what professional services actually look like. We have to think that building a unique and a seamless customer service experience within our business is going to be critical, again, no matter what business you're in. So operations help and standard procedures, drawing them up, even when you're just a company of one, is going to help you create and establish that entire knowledge base of how to run your business. The documents I create, the notion pages that I create to onboard any person that works with me goes back to having started early on saying, here's how we do things in this company. Here are the resources, here are the contacts, here's the processes, here's the systems. So that way when folks are coming in, they have reference points that can be taught over and over again. And of course, modified as things change, as the nature of the business change, as you grow, as you're able to invest more money into your business. So I create this like notion doc. And if you, if you hit me, I'll send you a link um, to where you can buy the template for this company-wide knowledge base. And again, as you continue to grow, and add staff, it's going to be super critical for them to be able to point to what is essentially a digital employee handbook on how your business operates, where they can find resources, where they can reference how we do things, and everything from like deck templates to how do you actually request time off to which vendors do we work with when we're in a certain city. And having that as kind of like your company's Bible or go-to is going to be so helpful. So I always recommend like start to build it as you are starting out because that way you're not having to sit for hours on end trying to figure out, okay, well, 
I forgot to tell XYZ team member about X, Y, and Z. It's now out of your head as an entrepreneur and you're able to let your team now participate in your success. So whether you're an entrepreneur or not, or an operations leader or a manager, it's still very critical that you're building trust within your team as you lead by having levels of organization within your business. I think about this through like invoicing, um, structured pricing, having your go-to tax attorney, your CPA, folks that you can really consult and ask questions to, to ensure that all of your ducks in a row, and there are fewer surprises, because we know there's always surprises in business, no matter how incredible and how seamless it is, but you have these structures in place down to even bookkeeping and how that's managed. But you have these structures in place to ensure that you can be successful and you're worried about the vision of the business and taking it to the next level and not the minutia. So some of the things that I had to learn through the years in business um, as I thought about and continue to think about how do I organize better? How do I build better? It's really around delegation. I've had a virtual assistant. It's been really tricky to kind of find the right person. And I've used virtual assistant services and agencies, things like with Double or Zirtual or Workspeed. I've gone through about seven or eight assistants in the last like five years. And that really just comes down to finding the right fit, you know, folks who can deliver on what it is that they say that they can and ensuring that within that notion doc, that knowledge base, you have an entire functionality for what that virtual assistant role is and being clear and making sure that they have what they need to be successful. In 2020, um, as many of us were managing the height of the pandemic, I was almost working around the clock and I needed some structure and I needed to take things off my plate. And one of those things was hiring a cleaning service. I was nervous at first because it felt super, super bougie to hire someone to come and clean like my two bedroom condo at the time. But the additional help was helpful to me mentally. It was also nice to have someone come into my home at a time where I wasn't seeing a lot of people and being able to know that there was a new energy in the space and to be able to support a, a woman or a, an independent business um, that you know, was was still continuing to expand and even help them get new clients because they were great at what they did. And I'm so glad that I instilled that practice. And so every two weeks, and it's been relatively affordable, I have someone to clean my home. And it has been the best investment I could ever make. I come home to a great space when I need to work. I'm not worried about the clutter in the corner. I'm not worried about the deep clean that needs to take place. I get more of my time back to do some of the things that I love, whether I want to go and get a massage call my mom or do whatever it is that I feel like doing for the day. And I don't have to worry about my, my place not being functional. And so that was one investment that I made that I realized like that level of delegation allowed me to have more time. I took back more time and is now able to invest in the things that I really enjoy, um, which I don't necessarily enjoy washing dishes, other little things, other little hacks. And I love that like folks are starting to be open about having their groceries delivered. It takes a lot of time to go to the grocery store, to shop, <laughs> to come home, to put away groceries, to cook, all of these things. And if you pay a small fee, and there's even some grocery stores that actually do a free delivery service, you can, again, support someone else's um, business or someone else's kind of side hustle and giving really great tips. Um, and even like for some grocery stores, full-time employees get benefits and access to an opportunity to do expand their work. So I try to think of it like that. I save some time. Sometimes I'll be 
on an airplane and ordering my groceries. And then they're delivered by the time I get there. And that's one less thing I have to do that's on my plate. I also sometimes delegate tasks like having my assistants send flowers or cards or gifts, especially when clients or friends or family um, are celebrating something or mourning something. And it helps me to be accountable for the relationships that I have because I don't have to necessarily go and search for the thing and put in the address and put in my credit card. I just tell my assistant, here's the message that I wanna send. Please choose something at this particular budget. Make sure that they get this by this date and they completely take care of it. And that's may even be a 20 minute task, but I know that it's gotten done and I'm not necessarily the one that has to do it. The other thing delegation allows me to do is actually just rest. Sometimes I don't wanna do anything. I don't wanna troubleshoot anything. I don't wanna strategize anything. Sometimes I just want to be. I want to be able to sit with folks. I wanna be able to go and visit. I always loved like back in the day when, you know, even like pre-cell phone, folks would just come pop up to the house and it was perfectly fine. And, you know, you would just visit. You would just check in on folks. And I feel like I've been giving myself so much more breathing room by delegating to sit and just visit. Um, at one point in time, I started to learn that some of my founder friends and colleagues were hiring house managers, people to really help run the day-to-day needs of their, of their households. And especially if you're traveling a lot, you're doing a ton of work, um, sometimes those are things that get neglected, especially if you're thinking you're working 70, 80-hour weeks or you're on a plane every other week. It can be really tough. And I realized that, hey, I don't know that I, I need to necessarily have a full-time house manager or that I am, you know, at that level right now where I think I need a full-time person. Um, so I modified that for myself. I was able to um, hire someone part-time and um, it's an awesome college student that I met through um, a, a friend's friend uh, in the hair salon and was able to give this young person an opportunity to assist me, especially when I was moving and needed help with unpacking or um, waiting for the cable to be installed or um, art to be put up and needed to have task rabbits managed and just getting that additional pair of hands to help take off some of the stressors of having to move, having to do like real life stuff or when life lifes, right? And and having to do all of the tasks in addition to running, running a business, in addition to traveling, in addition to sort of living out of a suitcase and having that extra pair of hands, but being able to do it in a way that fit my budget and also kind of fit my lifestyle. The second thing, um, in addition to that like delegation and defining operations within your personal life is really determining your power team. Um, who are these folks that you can go to, um, be it for general advice or folks that you can hire and pay to help you refine and elevate into that next level that is going to take something off of your plate? I think so much about this podcast, you know, being able to hire a production team that can help do 80% of the work of the lift of developing a podcast, being able to source all the things that are involved of from everything from graphic design to marketing to video production to post-production, all of those things that I'm not going to take the time to learn, but need to be able to utilize and leverage the talents of others in order to get done what I need to get done. Having a wardrobe stylist, a makeup artist, a hairstylist, these things that I can consider an investment but also that saved me a considerable amount of time and anxiety and angst from having to figure out so much for myself. Especially if I know that that is not my zone of genius because if it were up to me, 
I would just wear sweats all day or sweats and jeans and some sandals and just be completely fine. I think a lot about um, recently hiring a nutritionist, someone who can help me through these changes um, that I experience, especially when you go over 30, right? Your life changes, your body changes, your hormones change. And you need someone who's an expert who can help you think through what what does my body need now to be its best self? And how can I manage the ups and downs of, you know, weight loss, weight gain through stresses, through um, ongoing life changes, whatever kind of body traumas or things like that that happen, but someone to help you walk through that journey. Um, I think a lot about even the technology tools that kind of help us create almost a digital power team. I think about using Calendly, like Calendly completely changed my life. It allowed me to block off days that I don't ever want to have a meeting so that I can hyper-focus on my work into being able to ensure that if I need to have a meeting, folks have access to my calendar in a way that fits my schedule. And so for me, like even the digital power team is so important when we think about how we operate on a day-to-day basis to protect our time, but to still be productive. The third thing is that I try now to say no to the things that I hate. I truly love my home. I love being in my own bed. I love being with my family. I love being with my partner. And so I want to protect time around the things that I value, um, especially being in community. And so now I'm in this space where I'll get a lot of offers and I can politely decline or have my assistant politely decline if it doesn't fit into my schedule or if it does, it's not something that I'm enthusiastic about. And just being able to say no, because if I say no to certain things, that means I get to say yes to other things. I really do not want to leave my home for any foolishness. And I now try to have a bit of a framework for any event or engagement. So I try to ask myself, is this audience actually critical to my business? Um, Is this going to help me expand the array of opportunities that I am attempting to amplify? Am I just here to actually be here or am I here to learn? I think about how is this opportunity tied exactly into the mission? Am I clear on what that role is? Do I need to actually leave my home to be a part of something that may or may not share some sort of a return on investment, be it a monetary compensation or an opportunity to get deeper into my audience or is a cause that um, that is important for me to serve within. And then also like I look at it against my calendar, like what's on my plate now? And not just from an, a physical activity perspective, but from a mental, emotional deep within perspective. Do I have the emotional capacity to honor this opportunity? Or do I need to allow myself that opportunity to rest? And lastly, as I think about how I'm showing up today and organizing within my business, I'm starting to spend more time investing in the things that I want to amplify. I love to be on stage. I love to share big ideas. I love helping people think about who gets to create the future. I've really built my life as a journalist and diving into this idea of data on black innovation. And I want to continue telling the story and the importance of the intelligence and research that we get to capture to drive new narratives around people and communities who have been left out and historically disenfranchised. So even a few years ago, I started investing in a speaking coach. I spent a couple thousand dollars um, working with Speak House, and I really want to continue to get better and get more comfortable on those stages. You know, I grew up dancing, I grew up singing, I grew up performing, doing theater, all of those things. And 
though having some semblance of a stage presence is very different when you want to continue to amplify and grow and elevate the rooms that you're in and even just how much you can charge. I decided to make that investment into something I wanted to amplify for myself within my career, within my executive leadership presence and all of those things. And so the coaching was super important. And even now, you know, I I decided for the first time to hire a business coach, someone who could show me how to go from, okay, you were able to get to this particular level. And now there's a level, there's a couple of levels above that. Now, how do I start to think, walk, talk, act, um, refine and, and develop new sorts of models for, um, for building, um, at a, at a higher level and realizing like, I need a coach who can walk me through that. And so, um, hired an incredible coach that I'm so excited to, to be working with in this year and this new season that I'm in and really transform my business and work even smarter, um, as I have become more comfortable in, what I'm here to do on this planet. And so I want to learn a little bit more about what you all are doing and how you're showing up this year in business. Maybe you're launching for the first time and you're trying to find ways to be effective and efficient and not allow the anxiety of starting something new to drive you. Or maybe you are just taking a look at what you've built and the successes, but you didn't like the way in which you had to go about getting to the level that you're at and you wanna do things a little differently. And I certainly can relate to that on so many levels. I wanna hear from you. I want you to hit me on Instagram. I want you to shoot me an email. I want you to sign up for my newsletter at shereldorsey.com so we can also discuss how do we start to think differently about the way that we're building our businesses? How do we start to organize in a way that allows us to have scale, allows us to to achieve our goals and our dreams but without sacrificing and compromising our need for rest, our need for connection, and our need for community. I'm so grateful you tuned into this episode, and I am looking forward to having you join me in the next one. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Road to Reinvention. If you find yourself moved or feeling free after tuning in, make sure to leave a review on your favorite listening platform and share this with someone you know who may be navigating a similar journey. You do not have to do this alone. To hang out with me more, head over to join our fluency newsletter at shereldorsey.com. Until next episode, may you embrace your need to recreate, revitalize, and reinvent yourself over and over.